Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Speaking is a great way for authors to sell more books, but the speaking industry has changed because of Zoom, because of travel, because of work at home, because of conferences, because of a million different factors. So what are the new trends now so that you as a thought leader and an author can have more influence, get more clients, and sell more books through speaking. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Our expert uh, guest today is Ken Lazat. He helps thought leaders expand their influence by writing books and lots of other ways. Great marketing advice from Ken. So, Ken, welcome. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for welcoming me, inviting me, and welcoming me. <laughs> My pleasure. I know you've written a new book about uh, speaking and authorship. What's it called? And tell us a little bit about that. Uh, let's see. It's called, I, I was have to look at it myself so that I'll remember the uh, subtitle, but The Speaker's Edge, The Ultimate Go-To Guide for Locating and Landing Lots of Speaking Gigs. And uh, I'll tell you what this is. Uh, first of all, it's it's a, it's a, a, uh, uh, a re- updated uh, edition. Uh, it came out a few years ago, actually. But given the uh, lockdown experience we've all had and, and the Zoom experiences we have all had, and uh, I, uh, I did some extra research on uh, virtual speaking, and I added that to this book. Because Fantastic. that's definitely what's changed in, uh, in speaking. Um, the, the the landscape of it. Great. So tell us what's changed and how can we prepare for it? How can we take advantage of what's the changes? Right. Well, um, the, what's what's changed? Uh, and you know, some of this is not going to be anything people, we don't all know because we're all living in it. But uh, what's changed is that um, virtual speaking, just like what we're doing right now, is here to stay. And uh, uh, the question was, as the lockdown was uh, easing and the pandemic was easing last year, whether or not that would be true, because a lot of people wanted to just go right back to the traditional way of uh, uh, live, in, uh, in-person, face-to-face audiences and all of that. And some of that's happening, but it's, it's not happening to the extent that uh, it's erasing our Zoom experience and we're all moving on. So uh, the, uh, the, the, the change uh, that's taking place is that we've got to, uh, as speakers, we've got to uh, see how um, uh, virtual speaking is now a stronger channel than it ever used to be. And we need to see that as uh, a, a means of speaking, the Zoom, the video, the hybrid, et cetera. The second thing, though, that's really important is how do you sell books and how do you sell books on, in this uh, in, in this medium? And, and that's kind of tough, uh, tougher than uh, than in person, because the traditional way to sell books, obviously, for speakers is what we call back of the room sales. And uh, there's somebody at a table 
back of the room, the side of the room, and we do the best speaking job that we can do. And then we say, if you'd like to have a copy of my book, you know, they're for sale at a, a wonderful 5% discount <laughs> in the corner. And I'm here to autograph it. And, uh, and then if you did a really good job and the book is really uh, compelling to the audience, they're going to line up. So that's great, but they're not lining up when you're doing a virtual uh, speaking gig. Uh, when you're doing a podcast or a Zoomcast, they're not lining up because they're all, you know, we're all in an audience where we're individuals and we're not together and we're not with the speaker. So what do you do? And part of it, part of what is in uh, my uh, revised edition of Speaker's Edge is are some ideas as to what uh, can be done to uh, uh, to uh, generate sales even in a virtual context. So that's 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 the difference, and that's uh, that's something that is, is all is still evolving in terms of how we really can be successful in that way. Right. Well, you've whetted our appetite. Can you give us some uh, sneak preview of, uh, say, your top two or three methods for selling on Zoom? Yeah. Um, well, one of the things to do is um, uh, is to uh, is something that I've experimented with personally, and it's and in a live uh, broadcast, uh, I uh, have uh, 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 held a raffle, and you have just as you you might do in person. Uh, so you have a raffle, but what I ask uh, the uh, uh, audience to do is if they want to be involved in the raffle for them to email me during the broadcast. They email me and they say that they want to be, be involved. And uh, then I'll pick some, uh, pick one or two people that are, are going to win the raffle. And, uh, and then uh, what I'm asking uh, everybody to do is uh, take their email address and put it on my, my uh, email list. And, you know, you want to do that. I, a lot of times speakers don't do that, even in, in the traditional mm -hmm. set. Uh, they don't find a way to get people's uh, emails. But if they don't have a, first of all, if they don't have an email list uh, at all that they're using, that they're using uh, email marketing, uh, that's a big mistake. I don't think they, they wouldn't know that I'm here with you, for example, if, uh, if you didn't have an email uh, system. So uh, there's got to be a, an easier way to get uh, uh, emails from a, a virtual setting. And that's one thing that I've found has worked. doesn't mean that the whole audience uh, uh, joins in, but a lot of them do. So those are going to be the people that are most interested. Exactly. You're getting them to raise their hand. So if there are 50 or 100 people in the room, but only 20 are interested, that's great. You don't care about the others that aren't interested. So you're not wasting their time. They're not wasting your time. What's another way to increase engagement or sell more books uh, on Zoom? Um, another way is uh, is to offer something. Uh, there's some kind of a, a gift. And uh, the gift obviously can't be the book itself. But if uh, you can offer, uh, let's say, a condensed version of the book, or some 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 article or some chapter that might be of particular interest, then that is something that uh, can get uh, the attention of some of the people in the uh, in the audience. Mm -hmm. um, the third way, though, is uh, uh, ha, ha, the the question you know, that typically uh, a host like you would ask a guest like me at the end of the broadcast is, well, how can people get in touch with you, Ken, or how can they 
uh, hear, uh, learn more about what your book is or what, and, and that's all well and good, but I, I, I always have had the feeling that um, is probably, you know, I don't know, 90% of the audience out there that, that probably that goes in one ear out the other. They don't necessarily write it down. They don't necessarily click right over. I can't pro I can't prove that, but I have that sense of it. So I think, how can I make it so that it's so easy that uh, the um, those who might be interested in me would would check me out uh, quickly or immediately? And interestingly, the uh, one of the best ways to do it, if you have really gotten your name around in various ways, like you have and like I have. Uh, is to say, uh, email me, um, uh, uh, rather Google me. Just put like Dan Janelle or put Ken Wazan. And what's going to happen is all of our stuff is going to come up. The website and the Amazon page, the LinkedIn, all of it comes up in the, on the first, first round, the first uh, page. So it's just a matter of like clicking any of those things that are right in front of you. And that moves the uh, audience member um, to uh, closer to who you are, what you do. It may not necessarily sell a book, but it might uh, get somebody interested in your consulting services or, uh, you know, whatever are the services that or products that we uh, each are, uh, are, are, are offering, putting, putting ourselves out. Um, those are some ideas that come to mind that, that are in the book. I'll tell you that sometimes, People have uh, uh, offered me ideas that are just seem kind of too convoluted and just too too many uh, steps that have to be taken in order to uh, to make this work. But but I, I think my overall message is uh, what's changed is that virtual speaking is here to stay. At the traditional uh, speaking in person live is happening. It's coming, but it's. It's just unfolding so 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 much slower than we would have thought, and we have got to develop ideas for uh, turning this virtual setting into uh, the same uh, book buying and book reading uh, service uh, that uh, we're we're able to to activate when we're in a in a uh, traditional setting. Well, those are great ideas, Ken. I'm wondering, since uh, since Zoom is now going to be the big thing and podcasts are obviously the big things, what can authors do to get more engagements as podcast uh, on as podcast guests or as guests on summits or webinars? Well, it, that, it's really the same process as uh, as it was before with the traditional uh, conferences and all. It's it, again, you go back to Google and it's finding. Uh, uh, those kinds of uh, conferences or events that might be looking for speakers. Uh, there's the, 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 that's a formal way to do research, but another way is the informal, which uh, goes back again to the traditional networking and uh, whatever uh, it, uh, might, uh, you might get involved, for example, in, a, in an organization that uh, puts on a lot of events, even if they're monthly uh, chapter meetings and that kind of thing. And uh, if it's the right audience for you, then you're going to be able to send them an email pitching yourself. So it's just a matter of knowing that that's what you're looking for here is not necessarily uh, the big conference and the big keynote, but 
the the audience, wherever it might be. Obviously, it's it's a lot less effort and a lot less time and a lot less money spent to uh, get yourself on in a virtual setting than it is in uh, in a conference. Unless unless they're going to, in terms of expense, they might be paying your expenses and paying you a fee, but that doesn't always happen uh, either. So you've got to find a way to to uh, to get around that. But with virtual, as we all know, it's nothing. I just I I sat down at uh, about five minutes to uh, when we started, and you came later. And you know, <laughs> I mean, you're the event organizer here as well as the host, but you came later, and that's okay. You you weren't late. It's just a matter of we're 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 both in our own settings, and uh, uh, it changes changes the, it's changed the game so incredibly. Right. Ken, what kind of skills do authors need when they're making a Zoom call? How can they show up uh, and really look professional? Um, One of the things that uh, I uh, suggest is if they can find a way to weave uh, parts of their book uh, into the, uh, the program so that they, not that they read their whole book or read a whole chapter, but if there are some uh, short uh, segments that they could uh, offer as part of the or, uh, uh, flow of the conversation, uh, that can be helpful because that what that does is have the uh, the book be uh, be as important as they are, uh, which is which is really important if you're going to move people to buying the book, give them a sense, give them a, a flavor for for what the book uh, is all about. So that's one of the ways that I would say. Uh, is uh, is important. Make the book a part of your presentation. Can you, can you give us an example? Uh, and, and I, what I mean by that is that uh, you sort of did that brilliantly at the very beginning when I asked you the question of, you know, what are new trends? And you said, well, as in my book, and that was a perfect segue. There are times when I interview people and they will say 10 times during the course of the program, as I said in my book, as I said in my book, in my book, uh, and mm-hmm. Obnoxious after a point. So, what is that sweet spot where you can refer to your book without making it sound salesy? Well, I mean, that's uh, you, it's, that's one of those things. It's like like they say about art: we know it when we see it. In this case, <laughs> we, know it here. we know it when it be, starts to become obnoxious if that's all they do. Um, and that's uh, that's why I think it's it's useful to to actually look into the book. And, uh, and 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 not just say as I say in my book, but here here's a here's a passage from my book. So, uh, I, but I think that if if I was going to put a number on it, I'd, a rule of thumb, I'd say the three or four times might make sense. Uh, the other thing is when you say uh, as I say in my book, uh, it doesn't hurt to say the title as well, just to keep reminding people. Uh, it's all a matter of impressions. It's all a matter of repetition. Um, the other thing I might add, though, also is um, uh, what in, what in the, of the the event organizer or the sponsor uh, to what extent are they promoting your book outside of the actual virtual uh, um, uh, time period? And um, I, I did just double check you. And you've got all the information that I sent you. You've got plenty of stuff on there. So if somebody wants to just stay on your website and go over 
uh, they're going to see it. But a lot of times that's not the case with podcasters. They don't necessarily put much. Uh, they might put the name of the uh, uh, guest on it, and it might be an author. They might not even put the the uh, the name of the book. So you got to sort of check that out, and uh, you can try to get them to uh, put that information on there. But I found that it's kind of an uphill battle if that's not their normal format. So once again, see what's on there. You know, I can rest easy. Uh, personally, I can rest easy chatting with you because I know that I'm on your website to the extent that I need to be. All the uh, pertinent information is there. Uh, and I can get people over to my website by having them to put my name, Ken Lizot, L-I-Z-O-T-T-E. If you can't uh, remember what I just uh, spelled, then go over to Dan's <laughs> and then move to uh, Google and put, plug in Ken Lizot and you're going to find me there. Great. Well, you, you've almost preempted my, my, my introduction to you to make your pitch. Uh, but uh, let me just wrap up a couple of points there. Uh, one thing that I do that a lot of podcasters do not do, and I wish more of them did, is create marketing materials for my guests. So you will receive uh, information on, uh, well, actually a pre-written email that you could send to your guests, as well as a, a graphic that you could put on social media or email. And a lot of podcasters don't do that. So when you're looking at all the invitations you could get, to be on someone's show, ask them, what are they going to do for you? You know, it's great that you're, that you're, that they're exposing you to their audience. So that's a win-win for everyone right there. But what happens afterwards? I create show notes and those are part of uh, the permanent uh, part of the podcast as well. I post the information to YouTube and the show notes are part of the YouTube video description. Uh, so when I say, you know, look at the show notes and you can see Ken's information and a link to the book, it'll take you directly to Amazon and such. It's all there. And one hand washes the other, because why would somebody want to be on my show if they didn't think they were going to be promoted? So I think that's a quid pro quo in the whole podcasting industry. So having said that, Ken, tell us, who is your preferred client and how can they get in touch with you? So you've asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had preempted you having to yeah, ask you me. Did. But we know how to get in touch with you. Uh, but I you didn't did. tell us your website address and you didn't tell <laughs> us who your ideal client is. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit more about who you like to work with. Well, well my, my ideal client is, is, uh, is a business expert that uh, is particularly engaged in thinking. It's not necessarily somebody who who wants to be a thought leader, but somebody who already is a thought leader. And my feeling is that any of us are thought leaders if we get paid for a particular expertise, even if it's like the barista at uh, Starbucks or whatever, I can't do what she does or he does. So uh, I could ask a lot of questions about all of that and, and, uh, and learn about how to make you know, certain frappuccinos or whatever. But, um, but I, so I think everybody's a thought leader, but they want to, they need to be recognized as a thought leader. Speaking engagements are obviously a fantastic way to create that relationship so that people are going to be, uh, be noticing uh, you as a thought leader. But I also think that uh, authors are really important. Uh, if you're not an author, you should really think about it. I talk about that in the book, The Speaker's Edge, because uh, being an author gives you an, a level of credibility that uh, that no one else has, non-authors, I should say, uh, don't have. 
So, but the other thing I'll say about um, just to uh, 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 move over for a second to the book itself, and also to practice what I was just preaching to you. Uh, this book is 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 a very unique book because um, there are so many books out there on being a speaker, and they're about the business of speaking to some extent, but they they typically cover all the various categories of what it means to be a speaker, including a lot on how to deliver a speech and and a presentation and all. Uh, the um, but there but I realized there was no book that was just about how to locate speaking engagements. So I have very little in the book except for that. And uh, two paragraphs I'll read to you very quickly. I set out to write about this very subject and this subject alone, that's looking for speaking engagements. So many books can be find out, found, out, found, about, found about how to become a great speaker or about the business nuts and bolts of speaking, how to dress, et cetera. But no books I know of focus solely on strategies and techniques for obtaining speaking engagements. And then I go on to talk about how uh, there's no one size fits all. It's not a magic formula, but there are a lot of different tactics that you can you can employ and you can try and you can probably create some of your own when you get inspired. But um, uh, the speaking engagements are out there um, probably more than uh, uh, they were before because I think the virtual has, has expanded it. I, I want to say one of the things that a lot, I think a lot of people are, are probably wondering about the paid speaking engagement part. Paid speaking engagements were always tough to get before the pandemic, and uh, they can still be tough to get. Uh, it all has to do not uh, well with, with your personal uh, topic and uh, your, the sense that an event organizer would have of your expertise, but also what are they looking for and what budget do they have? Some organizations can't pay a speaker fee or even expenses because they just don't have that budget. But when uh, the pandemic hit us and the lockdown hit us and we started going virtual, uh, there was nobody was really paying for uh, virtual speakers. That has changed and that is changing fast because this is gonna be the venue. They're, these event organizers are saving money uh, other ways. You don't have to rent hotel rooms and all of that. So, the, uh, the, so it started, so you should know that paid speaking is available. It's just that it's just like the traditional, it doesn't mean that everybody has a budget to pay a speech, a speaker. But, um, but how do you get there? Well, you get there through pro bono speak, uh, speaking as well, which is what we're doing. Cause I, I, I had a feeling you, 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 you told me you lost your checkbook, Dan. So uh, I don't think I'm going to get paid for this after all, even though I expected big money. Um, but I think that there could be somebody out there who might want me to come and speak. So that's, this is an audition in that sense. And uh, that could, that could lead to a speak, paid speaking engagement. Right. And that's a way to promote yourself and give everyone a little uh, piece of the action uh, and show what you can do. In fact, it was funny. I went to a baseball game last night. We got there like the middle of the first inning. And as we walked in, you know, past the ticket taker, there was a guy in the lobby saying there are two out and, uh, man on first. He had a great voice. I was thinking, he's auditioning. He's waiting for someone 
<laughs> who works at a radio station, TV station, whatever, say, hey, that guy is a great voice. Let's hire him. I thought, well, you make your opportunities. So, Ken, before you go, uh, tell us uh, one tip from your book. How can you find speaking engagements? Uh, one particular tip? Sure. Um, I, I, I really think that the, the best uh, um, tactic is what I meant, was mentioning before, and that's to um, get involved in an organization where you, you volunteer and you're a part of it, whether you're on a board of directors or you just volunteer or something like that, but uh, that the membership is uh, the right audience for you. Uh, I really got my, my whole business, which has more to do with uh, helping people get books published, a little similar to yours, Dan, although I'm not involved with ghostwriting the way you are. But um, uh, I, I know I, I first got involved in, in this because I got asked to speak on a panel for the Institute of Management Consultants. There was no pay, and, uh, but they knew that I had a background in, in, uh, in publishing and speaking. And that's what the topic was. Writing, writing, I'm going to never forget it, writing and speaking to advance your consulting practice. That night, there was a dinner following the uh, panel. And uh, two of the uh, uh, consultants who had been in the audience approached me uh, individually and said, you know, I've been thinking about writing articles and getting published. Would you, would you be, be willing to work with me? I hadn't, I didn't have a business yet. And, uh, but I was thinking about it. And so uh, they became my first two clients. And then two weeks later, I got a call from a third uh, audience uh, attendee. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about writing a book. I've been kind of working on it and I'm stuck. Would you be willing to work with me? So within two weeks, I had three clients for this new business and uh, and it was a you know it was pro bono and uh, in order to get there and I was auditioning basically so but I was involved with this organization and you know, that's why I got asked because the people in the organization had gotten to know me and know that I had this particular expertise I got I got the the panel gig. <laughs> Great story. And that's that's the whole purpose of writing a book. There's, you, can, you can only make so much money writing a book, but you can make so much more money consulting. And the speaking is the way to get there. Well, thank you very much, Ken, for being our guest today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We have more than 100 and other, excuse me, 150 other videos on this YouTube channel on how to write and market your book. Check them out. And if I can help you write your book, either as a ghostwriter or your book coach, you can find more information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for being with us. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.